here's a message from Ken Lavica. Time to talk Hall of Famers, but not exactly a Hall of Fame that's good. Stone Labanowitz hit the open. Just like you would expect, the fire hose is fully inserted in my mouth here. And uh, we've been blown and going and so. Ken Lavica. Get a run in, make an early cocktail, put a gummy in half. Theo Dorsey. Very excited to have the opportunity to add him to the team. Stone Labanowitz. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. Live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios. It doesn't matter what your name is! It's LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. You know, I firmly believe that pro athletes and part of their responsibility is to be transparent, talk to the media, that's their conduit to the fans, or even directly to the fans. I like them to be authentic. I like them to be authentic. However, I also like them to have a semblance of common sense. And I believe that's lacking in a man that we talked about yesterday, Theo. And he's a man by the name of Anthony Rendon. He plays for the LA Angels. He is a former World Series hero with the Washington Nationals. And Anthony Rendon wanted everybody to know that, uh, hey, baseball... Not my priority. Not my priority. My job is not my priority. My family is my priority. My kids are my priority. And you know what? Like that's that's a okay. That's great, actually. I would be concerned if someone flat out said, and I think they would be open for questioning if someone flat out said, no matter what their job is, hey, my family, gonna put them on the back burner. You know what my priority is? My job. Anthony Rendon of the LA Angels, he makes a lot of money, right? A lot, a lot, a lot lot of money. money. What did we say yesterday? Seven years for Rendon. Uh, I think and 215? 245. 245. Short yeah. changed him like 30 million right there. Seven year deal, $245 million for Anthony Rendon. And hey, that's what the market dictates. The man should make Anthony Rendon seven years, $245 million. This is a guy who finished third in the MVP voting in 2019. You may recall the Nationals beating the Astros in seven games in the World Series. Rendon was a massive, massive part of that. Uh, Made the all-star game. He was the silver slugger. I mean, dude, he's an exceptional talent. So he goes to L.A., seven years, $245 million. But then there's a problem. He played 52 games in the shortened season. Good. Since then, back to 162 games, 58, 47, and 43. 58, 47, and 43. Yesterday, the LA Angels... With spring training underway in Arizona, let media talk to Anthony Rendon, and and he discussed where he placed baseball in his pantheon of priorities in his life. This this is Anthony Rendon. Is it still a top priority for you? That's never been a top priority for me. This is a job, so I do this to make a living. Uh, my faith, my family come first before this job. So if those things come before it, I'm leaving. Is it a priority? Oh, it's a priority for sure. This is my job. I'm here, aren't I? Do you want to be here? I don't want to talk to you guys at <laughs> seven in the morning or whatever time it is. So, did you, I mean, do you want? I mean, do you want to like be here playing baseball? I have baseball? answered your question. So why do you keep picking at it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, you technically answered it. Thank you. <laughs> so, Anthony Rendon clearly a little bit annoyed at being questioned about whether he considers baseball a priority. This is not the first time, though, that Anthony Rendon has had people question a little bit his love for the game, his passion for what he does for a living. More importantly, Theo, in my mind, his passion for what he does that nets him $245 million he's guaranteed to get in his bank account in a seven-year span. Yeah, but we can't be pocket-watching the man. No, okay. He earned the contract. We can't pocket-watch the man, but I understand the frustration on behalf of Mm. the organization and the fans and even the media. What about about pocket-watching the man, though, who has not even played a quarter of a season over the last three years? Because Anthony Rendon also said this on the Jack Vita show just a couple of months ago. Here's, Here's Anthony Rendon about the... 
the the major sacrifice that he needs to make in his life hurts and seeing your kids maybe taken falling in your path yeah definitely not falling in my path um <laughs> i would do not wish this life upon anybody obviously it has its perks I do not wish this life upon anybody. Did you say wish or wish? Anthony Rendon, wish. I do not wish this life upon anybody. I do not wish this life upon anybody playing baseball for a living. And seven years, $245 million, Anthony Rendon. But guys, he doesn't wish this life upon anybody. Let's be clear. This is a life where he has, over the course of three years, and let's keep in mind, baseball is is a 162-game season, okay? Oh uh, so let's go ahead and just add up over the last three years the games that he's played. Let's see. 58, 47, 15, 18, 1, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 148. So then what's 162 times three? Guys, what's 166? Uh, 8, 1, 3, 4. He's played 148 of 486 games over the last three years. He has been paid in full for those games. But but again, what does he say? What did he say? What did he say about this life? This life that he he has he has uh, unfortunately had to face this life, Anthony Rendon? I would not wish this life upon anybody. Obviously, it has its perks. I mean, listen. I understand that not every athlete who has made professional sports a profession of theirs loves what they do and it's a grind i work in division one college football and basketball there's a lot of travel there's a lot of sacrifices i make not seeing my kids but good sweet mother of god do i consider myself damned lucky to be doing that and be away from home for that making money and increasingly over the years decent money to do that than opposed to like I'm seeing guys walking by our window at the Square Studios right now in downtown West Palm Beach wearing uh their their vests yeah, their reflective trip. vests yeah. they're about to go climb 200 feet into the sky with heavy machinery and steel and construct a building while they're clamped by one single chain to the side of that building and one slip in its catastrophe and calamity and they die. Those guys are getting a paycheck and going to work and punching in and punching out. I wonder how often those guys are saying, I wouldn't wish this life upon anybody. Like, I get, I get, and I don't want to be the guy that's like, oh, shut up and don't complain about anything because you make so much money. But it is so epically damn tone deaf when a guy like Anthony Rendon, who hasn't done anything in the last three years, literally has barely taken the field and he's earning millions and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars for it to sit there and say, I wouldn't wish this upon anybody or to come off dismissive or frustrated about being questioned about his level of priority with baseball. When, again, you have so many people grinding out, especially in this day and age where six square feet of an apartment in New York City is $1,800, you're going to sit here and say, I wouldn't wish this life upon anybody. It's so tone deaf. And he deserves all the criticism he gets for it, whether he likes it or not. I mean, you might as well not even say anything. Next question. Because he looks like a fool. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, come on, man. How it, frustrating is that? How how bad could it possibly be I mean, for this come guy? On. I get being away from your kids sucks. Yeah. I get traveling sucks. And I'm sure you could have the greatest job in the world. And there's going to be some days where you say, man, I just don't feel it. I'm not feeling this. That's human nature and that's fine. But this is coming off of the off season. Yeah. Not only has he not done anything the last three years, he hasn't done anything for the last couple of months, like period. And he's going to come back to spring training and start that same crap that he did a couple of months ago on that podcast? I wouldn't wish this life on anybody. Stop it, dude. Stop. What sympathy are you trying to pull there? Maybe he really does just hate playing baseball at this point. How old is Rendon? He's like 33 years Uh, old. 
that's now, a great question, actually. Let me uh, double check on that. He's been doing this for a long enough time to where maybe he feels like he's hamstrung to the game because he has that big lucrative contract. But he also over has his head. generational money now. Yeah. He cares about his he kids so much. His kids are set. His kids are set, so yeah. uh, my prioritization. He, you're right. You are prioritizing your kids because the money the LA Angels are paying you, your kids aren't going to have to worry about a damn thing their entire life. Yes, and their kids. But he must. He must legitimately like I, the only thing I can gather. Thirty three, by the way. Thirty three years old. Don't worry, dude. Pro. You're going to be able to retire after this contract. Hang in there. He's been a pro for for however long. He's already kind of quiet quitting with as many games he's been sitting out with injury <laughs> these past few years, but. For Rendon, I do question now. It's more so this dude must really love it at home. Like his family must be that much greater to be what, around. He's apparently got a great thing going. Because you know, it's a lot of guys that are, are dying to get out of the house. They're going and <laughs> golfing three, four times a week. They're traveling with FAU football. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> hey, man, that's only that's no. only once every like three weeks. Come but, on now. But I know I'm messing. They're, they're traveling. If with, you want to use a better example, use basketball. I was yeah yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say FAU football uh, and basketball. Uh, use but I was basketball like, and that's Let fine. me not make yeah. jokes like yeah. that because your wife actually listens to the show. I My wife it. doesn't listen, so I can uh, I can make more self-hearted jokes. <laughs> but no, like honestly, like there are guys that are dying to be out of the house. This guy is just a big family man that wants to be at home. We should commend this dude. For being so miserable on the baseball diamond, so miserable coming off the offseason, knowing he has to leave his family. Like, as a newfound family man, I'm starting to kind of feel kind of heartfelt, a little bit warm about Anthony Rendon right now. He doesn't care about the money. He cares about his kids. Uh, I, I Do you think that all of this is just one big long play to suck up to his wife? What do we think here, Stone? What do we think? Like, his wife hears that, and she's like, man, you know I, that's lo- good. I love that, man. He's going and playing baseball for a living, and all he wants to do is uh, spend time with me and the family. I love a, that, man. Is that a bad play. theory? I do think, to a degree, it's unfair, though. And we can't call it pocket watching, but to talk about a man and how he should feel because he has generational wealth. To him, it's not about the money. There are hundreds of him in the Major League Baseball. League. It's it's okay for him to feel that way, but what, all I'm saying is have some common sense. Like, God forbid he was a world-class baseball player and made, you know, over $200 million. Like, God forbid. Like, he probably knew this was going to be a thing 10, 12, sure. 15 years sure. ago. So I don't think it's about the money. I think it's more about the life, the strength. I think guys like Aaron Rodgers would share the same emotion. Okay, let me let, let me let me put it this way. If you're making that money and you've done literally over the na- last three years absolutely nothing to earn that money, you can feel that way. You can feel that you don't love baseball, and that's fine. I get it. I understand it. Right. Hey, it, it can be a grind, and if you're not passionate about it, you're not passionate about it. Sometimes people are really good at things that they don't become passionate about. It's fine, but also you've got to be more tactful about it because yeah. I promise you on a regular basis, there are people going out there to see him that have cobbled together several paychecks of theirs to go see one game to pay for parking to pay for tickets for their families that they're trying to treat for concessions for maybe a little bit of enjoyment to go see him play they have a right to complain about their circumstance if you're using several paychecks and for some people that's what it costs for one night about a 162 game season 81 home games to see the LA Angels and this dude's sitting here saying oh man I, I don't I don't know. I, my life is terrible. We're talking about baseball tickets here, Ken? They're expensive as hell, dude. How expensive are these baseball tickets? I mean... I mean, they're giving baseball tickets away. It, down here, you're looking at a South Florida perspective, the, dude. The Angels? That stadium is packed. I'm I'm saying this. So I'm so you know so, you know the financial situation of a family of four, a no, family of five, uh, a yeah? guy a guy no, who is making just over minimum wage to, to, and paying a mortgage that he probably can't afford that's only skyrocketed, and also an insurance crisis in California, much like we have here in yes. Florida. And you're questioning their financial situation they, and my hypothetical family that I just made up. If he's paying a mortgage in Southern California. And he's trying to attend an angel game with his. You don't think poor people live in Southern California? If he's paying a mortgage in Southern California, I'm pretty sure he's going to be able to afford some tickets to the Angels game. I don't know. He's not scrounging together eight paychecks uh, and eating cereal and PB and J for for three or four weeks to see Anthony Rendon. I know. know? How do you know? You just made that up. We can't. We can pocket watch, yes, and we can say Anthony Rendon needs to be more classy about the way he goes about it. 
But acting like that, that that the fans are the ones being hurt by his comments so severely, like no, because it's disrespectful. But it's disrespectful. To, to Baseball tickets point, like fifty dollars a pop. And then to the disrespectful point, and I'm not gonna sit here and defend Anthony Rendon. I'm really not. But, but you're it, about to. But I'm about. Is what to. you're saying. 100. Yeah, I'm not gonna do it, but yeah, I'm about yeah, yeah, to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because anybody who says what Stone just said, <laughs> that's exactly what they're about to do. In the words of the great Charles Barkley, I'm not a role model. Like, this has he, nothing to do with being he, a role model. But but you're do these families. He doesn't know the families a damn thing. He doesn't Rendon, know anybody a damn thing. He's a professional he athlete. Owes Except it's their baseball. money. Except it's their money that's paying him. That but they're that's fine. choosing to spend though. He okay. just shows up and plays baseball. Then it's you his know job. what? Be damned grateful for one damn second over the last three years for the damn two hundred forty-five million dollar contract that you're being paid to not do a damn thing. And. To two sound bites, if you're going to call him ungrateful because of that and he's some ungrateful. of the other things. That I've he's heard said, enough. It, yeah, if you're going to make that classification, you can go ahead and do that. But I, I feel the same. No, because I can't compare anything, right? But these athletes, like, I truly believe they don't owe us a damn thing. Who cares? Like, who cares about the family? And when it comes down to it, this is his job. It's like somebody showing up to our studio and watching you put on a show. The Levick at the Owen Stone. We owe the fans would, something. Though. I would. I would we not. Might. We I might would not recommend that. By the way, I would not recommend. <laughs> Just pull that. up and watch from the. Yeah, uh, I would not recommend that. The big window here. Okay. I wouldn't recommend that. Spend your paycheck to get here. He said, "I don't sit here and be and moan about being here." I, if it is to me a fundamental problem, if work is your priority, okay. If yeah. work is your priority, absolutely. And again, I'm not going to judge, but there is something going on in your life if you have a family, but work is your priority, if your family is not number one. But the last thing I will ever do, and I live a life where I'm on planes all the time, going to some of the greatest arenas, football and basketball, this country has to offer. And then when I'm not doing that, I'm sitting here shooting the bleep with you two, talking sports and grinding out a living to where... I have my two girls who can dance and could go to school. We can pay for that. Have a home. Uh, supplement my income with my wife. The last thing you'll hear me doing is opening up this microphone and saying, man, you know what? Palm Beach County, the Treasure Coast, I got a rough life. Things are tough for me, man. Ugh. I don't know how much I can bring it today. And I'll damn well not be showing up 53 days out of a 364-a-day year mm. and then complaining about it. How dare he? How dare that guy? He was hurt. The more I think about it, how dare that guy? No, but I come in here sick. My voice doesn't feel good. My vocal cords, they ain't cutting. And you know what? I do the damn show. Anthony Rendon, shut the hell up. The more I think about it, the more I'm not giving him any slack at all. Bleep off. Wow. I'd, well, what about, can you at least give him credit for being a family man? Like, and wanting to sure. be home and I'm, wanting I, to spend time with his kids? I and, appreciate the fact he's raising his kids. Yeah. But to say, I wouldn't wish this life upon anybody like he's digging ditches for a living shut up and you know what if you are digging ditches for a living i commend you yeah because you're going to work you're putting your hard hat on and you're making a paycheck and doing it for your family it's not 245 million dollars but you're making a paycheck for your family which makes it even more ridiculous what anthony rendon's talking about the truth of the matter is nobody likes a complainer Mm -hmm. Nobody likes a complainer, and we especially don't like a privileged complainer. Correct. That's and, a good way to put it. And that's what Anthony Rendon is being here. Of course, there are bad days on the job, no matter how glorious the job is. Of course, no matter how much you get paid, you're not going to necessarily be in the best of moods. But there's a time and a place, and when that microphone is in front of you and these reporters are asking you questions about whether or not you want to be here on day one, like spring training, it's just getting started. They haven't even started playing games yet in spring training. And he's already complaining about being there. There is a like, have some decorum. Yeah, you're right. At, at least, at least have some tact. Yeah, like, that's wait, all I'm asking. Wait till the All Star break to be like, yo, yeah. I'm sick of this. Like, it's okay for him to feel this way. Like, again, it's okay for him to feel this way. But to sit there and like, all these are just lobs. Like, yeah, want to be here? Looking forward to having a healthy season and contributing to this ball club. Instead, he's he wasn't outright. He was like teetering on it, not outright. Uh, but the, yeah, you know, my family's my priority, this is my priority, this is my priority. And then being really wishy-washy when asked, like, hey, uh, do you, do you want to be on this ball club? Like, really non-direct responses to that. Like, to me, that's just not good enough. Mm. Like, that's just not good enough. It's very frustrating. Anthony Rendon, to me, all that talent, all that ability, and it's fine if he doesn't have a passion for it, but now he comes off as a sourpuss. 
about the entire situation when he has, really hasn't had to work for any of that money for three years. Like, come on, dude. Like, just quit and go play the lottery then. Mm. If you, he's basically doing the same thing. Who is a first ballot selection in your most frustrating athlete hall of fame? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. Who is a first ballot selection into your most frustrating athlete hall of fame? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. By the way, what color is that jacket to go into the most Ooh. frustrating athlete Hall of Fame. Like brown. Uh, I got an ugly brown. brown jacket. Yeah, like, but brown is too close to gold, you know? Like dark brown. Yeah, like poop like brown. Like a dark poop brown. Like poop brown. Yeah. Yes. Poop brown. Maybe a striped poop brown. Oh, like something striped. with stripes. Yeah. 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 That's a, that's White stripes on a poop brown. Yeah, because yes. you're like, why is that? Yes. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. With, with the athlete, the question is, why is that? Yes. And the the jacket, why is that? That's perfect. And it'll be I a mean, linen got, blazer that's a little wrinkled on the arm. Yeah, yes. yeah, you absolutely yes. nailed it. And it makes it really impossible to try and iron or even get dry clean. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Why is that? That's why? good. That's good. It's frustrating. Uh, for you, Theo, when you're talking about frustrating, who's a first ballot selection into your most frustrating athlete Hall of Fame? You're putting the poop brown jacket with the white stripes on that's a little bit wrinkled in the sleeves. Yeah, I mean, immediately you're not a Miami Heat fan if your first thought is in Mario Chalmers. Uh First ballot frustrating player Hall of Fame Mario Chalmers. Yeah. Welcome. Al Mario Chalmers from Anchorage, Alaska. He he I always think that the the tent pole moment for his career and where his irrational confidence came from uh must have been him hitting that big shot for Kansas in 08, winning the national championship for the Jayhawks. Go go Kansas, Rock Chalk Jayhawk, happy for you, dude. But this dude got into the league and on a team with first Dwayne Wade. And then later on, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh, LeBron James, uh, uh, Udonis Haslam, shout to the legend, jersey hanging in the uh, rafters. He, for some reason, always felt he should have one of the biggest voices. He should take some of the biggest shots. Hey, man, he's the point guard. And beyond all of that, he was the point guard. Beyond all of that, he always had the audacity to get in somebody's face about it. Not only was he frustrating to watch as a fan, you could tell he was actively frustrating the superstars throughout the game. And and to cap it all off in the whole Al Mario Chalmers experience, which extends past just his career with the Heat, but now he's on podcasts and doing interviews lately, he now calls into question the greatness as well as the fear stricken into others by LeBron James. Can he did ha- that on uh, Mike Miller, right? On the Mike OG. Miller's podcast, the OG. Yeah, yeah. Can we get a listen to that? This is Mario Chalmers, who frustrated me so severely during his playing days, even though it ended in two championships, and he did hit some big shots. Some of that cur- You need some of that courage from your role players when you have bright stars. He just had like an incy bit too much that made it a little too frustrating, super talented, just very frustrating, and then... His career's over. I think I'm done with the Mario Chalmers experience, and I got to hear stuff like this. It was a moment. So the key matchup was him and Paul George. Cool, y'all, y'all got that. So we in transition. George Hill runs to the corner. I run with George Hill. Paul George stop at the wing and shoot the three. And Brown, like, guard him. Okay. That's all I said on the court. So we get back to the bench. I'm like, losing. Like, all this that we doing, like, we got to stop acting like just play basketball. Like, you the best player out here. He said stop the B word. go yes. play. And he took offense to that. And it was kind of like, like, you just jumped at me? Like, me? <laughs> you didn't call him a bitch. Yeah, he jumped at him. I didn't call him a bitch. I said, uh, stop playing uh, like a bitch. Okay. Same thing uh, Udoka said he got mad about that. We all know this is Brown's trigger word. Yeah, that is a trigger. That's a trigger so, for everybody. Like, That's for me, what's word, my right job? Is. To get everybody going. Start some shit, right? Yeah. Boom, there it go. Yeah. And Brown went the off, didn't he? He did. He did go off. So, wait, so he I took did my credit. job. I paid for it because I got credit bitch, for I did LeBron. What I was supposed to do. LeBron, Mario Chalmers <laughs> just took credit for LeBron going off in the Eastern Conference Finals against the Pacers. Yes, yes. <laughs> but that's the uh, that's the Mario Chalmers experience. He either is taking credit for stuff that he really didn't have any impact on, or he's impacting things a little too heavily when his presence to be felt less. Al Mario Chalmers, the most frustrating player to root for, because also the problem with him is that dude was kind of damn good. Yeah, like he did have some guts, and we needed him so much. But that's what made him so frustrating was as much as you needed him, he would insert himself in times where you're like, yeah. well, maybe so, not right there, Mario. So Give now, it away. even post-career, he's starting to take on it too much credit. He's believing in the Mario Chalmers aura yeah, a little he, bit more than he should. That's why he's a Hall of Famer. You know what's funny? <laughs> if I were Mario it. Chalmers, I would absolutely do the same thing. I tell you what, when my radio career is done and people ask me about Evan Cohen, I'm be like, man, 
Mm. Tell you what, when I worked with him, he used to come in and he wasn't feeling it at four o'clock every day on the old ESPN 760 AM. And I would tell him, come on, get your head in the game. We have Marlins to talk about. What, what would be his trigger word? Yeah. What would be his trigger word? I'd say, I'd say, get up, B. Get up and talk, B. You know, and he get mad at me. But hey, sure enough, he made it to national radio. Yeah. National television. That's how I'm, I'm going to be the Mario Chalmers of radio. Uh, so... You can be frustrated about an athlete for a variety of reasons. Means that Anthony Rendon, like, feel like baseball is intruding on your life, but just understand, don't sit there publicly and bemoan it when you haven't done anything in three years and you're still making an entire whole ass seven year, $245 million contract. Mm. Have a little common sense, a little tact, okay? Just for the little people, okay? Uh, Theo. He's frustrated that Mario Chalmers, while an integral part of the Heat Championship teams with the Big Three, he's starting to take a little too much credit for his actual role in getting LeBron going. LeBron, peak LeBron going with those Big Three teams. Who is a first ballot selection into your most frustrating athlete Hall of Fame? Who gets the poop brown jacket with the white stripes and the wrinkled sleeves as they get inducted? And by the way, the bust, it's also like just made of, um, of paper mache. Yeah. And it also melts a little bit in the sun as well. Oh, man. Uh, he gets out in the elements and then like the head caves in and it's just a whole problem. Mm. Who is a first ballot selection in your most frustrating athlete Hall of Fame? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. Your social media, your calls. When we come back, Stone's most frustrating athlete. We have a lot to do on a Tuesday, which means we grade things as well. That's Theo, that's Stone. I'm Ken. LaVica, Theo, and Stone, ESPN 106.3. I do not wish this life upon anybody. Obviously, it has its perks. Being Accident Attorney Studios, it's LaVica, Theo, and Stone on ESPN 106.3. I don't even care what context that's in. When you're making seven for 245 and you've played about six innings of baseball over the last three years on that contract, you cannot in any way, shape, or form have come out of your mouth the phrase, I wouldn't wish this life on anybody. Unless one of those injuries was was a a, a near loss of his arm. Yeah. I was going to say another uh, limb. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like... Unless there was a near amputation of a limb, yeah. I don't want to hear it. I I don't want to hear it, Anthony Rendon. First ballot selection into your most frustrating athlete Hall of Fame. Maybe it's because of performance on the field. Maybe it's because of behavior on or off the playing surface. Maybe it's because they've just turned into a complete nut job, Kurt Schilling. Who is a first ballot selection in your most frustrating athlete Hall of Fame? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. That's 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. And hey, on Instagram at ESPN West Palm. On Twitter, at ESPN West Palm, the poll of the week is up. Presented by the Palm Beach County Supervisor of Elections. And this is the poll today. This is the poll, the Levicka Theo and Stone Poll of the Week. Presented by the Palm Beach County Supervisor of Elections. The best all-star game is NBA, Major League Baseball, the Pro Bowl, or the NHL. We'll give you the results at the end of the show. Go to Twitter or Instagram at ESPN West Palm and vote in the Levicka Theo and Stone Poll of the Week presented by the Palm Beach County Supervisor of Elections. The presidential preference primary coming up on March 19th with only the Republican Party holding a vote this election year. Eligible voters can vote in one of three ways by mail at an early voting location from March 9th through March 17th or on election day from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Visit VotePalmBeach.gov to view your status and learn more. VotePalmBeach.gov, the Palm Beach County Supervisor of Elections. First ballot selection into your most frustrating athlete Hall of Fame, 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. I take Anthony Rendon, who does not seem grateful in the slightest 
that he is very highly paid, has generational wealth for multiple generations, but he wouldn't wish this life upon anybody. Mm-mm. And uh, Theo says, and this is more this is more postscript on Mario Chalmers' post-heat career. Yeah. He just sort of inserted himself into everything and make him himself come off as more of a hero of those big three teams than he, he actually was. Was he important? Sure. Yeah. Was he pushing LeBron to the heights of his God-given ability? No, but Mario Chalmers wants you to think that. Uh, first ballot selection in your most frustrating athlete hall of fame. Uh, let's go to the phones. Where are we going, Stone? Larry in Boynton Beach. Larry in Boynton. Larry, who are you You putting the, the poop brown colored jacket with the white stripes and the wrinkled sleeves on as you induct them into the hall of fame? Well, first thing I want to say is congratulations to Theo and Ashley because I haven't yeah. called in in a couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, Appreciate you. I, but... Without a doubt, it's Aaron Bleepin' Rogers. I am so sick to hear about him and his opinion on vaccinations, him going into his darkness bat cave, him <laughs> being on TV every week or the Pat McAfee show every week, shoot his mouth off. No one would say, you get better and you play football. That's what you're paid to do. No one wants to hear your opinions on life. Wow, Larry. That's all I have to say. About all right, Larry. That. No, that's good. I I, it, it, it seems like that was pent up, and I appreciate I the call. It. I hope you have a terrible day, Larry. <laughs> I love Stone, it. Stone was was unhappy that entire phone call. If Aaron Rodgers actually went into the Batcave, that would actually be awesome. Oh, like, like an actual Batcave, like not the, the darkest. Like not a yeah. Batcave, but the Batcave, yeah. like Batman Batcave. All that technology, the Batmobile, the entire thing. Uh, what's the butler's name? Harold. Uh, um, no, I don't think it's Harold. That's racist. It's like G starts with a G. Hold on. Hold on. How's I mean, that racist? That's it's not racist. racist. He's just Harold saying things. <laughs> Harold the butler. Batman butler. What, is it? what race would that even be? Alfred. 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 Alfred and Harold are very similar. It's actually, I feel like it's in the same neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they definitely Alfred. are. But again, back to my original point that was very integral to this conversation. <laughs> uh, Aaron Rodgers going to the actual Batcave would be a lot cooler than him going into a basement, which is what he actually did yeah. before emerging and checking his phone uh, and missing a call from the Packers. Don't you feel like he'll go into the Batcave and then like act a little too cool for school? Yeah, like he'd be like, oh. It's not that fun. Yeah, yeah. Like, He's like, oh, I. I yeah. uh, but he is cool, though. I have a buddy who can make this Batman design grappling hook to shoot to the top of a building and swing. I I I can do that. Hey, just relax for a second, Stone. It's so excited to talk about how cool Aaron Rodgers is over there. Yeah. You're talking about too cool for school. You can't He's act in the too cool cave. for school if you're actually like cool enough for school. Like he, he should not be too cool to be excited about being in the Batcave. Anybody that's acting too cool to be in the Batcave, right. and the fact that you would agree that he's so cool that he can play it cool at the Batcave, mm-hmm. a fictional place. Mm-hmm. Come on, dude. I How actually, dare you? Get Aaron I, Rodgers I don't believe it's fictional. Yeah. <laughs> I actually invite Larry from Boyne to come visit us on Rosemary Ave. Come knock on the front door. Oh I'll meet gosh. him face to face. Well, I stop. How many again, times is he going to try? This dude and, keeps challenging people to fight. Yeah. I'm not going to be a part of it, and no, I don't have yes, Stone's back. No, I'm no. not. No, you're not sucking me into some physical confrontation that I don't believe in because I agree with Larry yeah. and I appreciate Larry and Boyden giving me the wine that he gave me for the holidays. Yes. So thanks, Larry. And I appreciate him showing love to me and Ashley. Yeah. So you're yes. on an island. You're on Stone Island. It's yeah. a one-on-one. It's only 30 seconds. That's all I need. Stone Island. What's actually oh, happening yeah. on Stone Island? Yeah. Uh, who is a first ballot selection on your most frustrating athlete Hall of Fame? Uh, Stone, who are, you, who are you going with? I swear to God I was originally going to go Aaron Rodgers, but I wasn't going to make it sound as naggy, as whiny, all the bad things about Aaron. I'm disappointed. Mm. Okay. What's, what's that phrase that parents use? I'm not, I'm not mad. mad. I'm just disappointed. Yeah. That's how I feel with Aaron. Like, I think it's so hard and at the same time so easy for these professional athletes to tarnish their name or lose their reputation. And for Aaron, for a a long, extended period of time, he was in the conversation for one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I think that's dead. I think nobody's going to take that argument seriously Even if he has one of the greatest skill sets that any quarterback's ever had in the history of the game, and I will be the first to make that proclamation, I mean... I think the only person close is probably Mahomes in 100%. terms of just all quarterback intangibles. But speaking of the bigger point of legacy, that's a whole different discussion. It is. And we oftentimes throw around the phrase pure quarterback from a pure quarterback perspective. I don't know if anybody 
is in the Aaron Rodgers league besides Mahomes. And if that Aaron Rodgers walks, Mahomes could run in a sense. Like he grew up watching his games, modeled his game after he's talked about it time and time again. But now nobody's going to take Aaron Rodgers seriously in the conversation to be one of the greatest quarterbacks of all times. So when we look back in 12 years, how we're going to perceive Aaron Rodgers is going to be borderline embarrassing, I think. And he's done that to himself. He's had a chance. And I, here's the thing. I don't think he gives a damn. I don't think he cares. I don't think he wants anybody's approval. I do think he's going to care five or six years from now. And I agree to that. Right now, he might not. Right now, he's shrugging it off like it's no big deal. It is what it is. But in five, six years, he's not going to be perceived as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. And I think he's done that to himself. And for that, he's the most frustrating athlete to me. And I think for that, a Hall of Famer, first ballot, he just can't seem to keep his mouth shut and uh, gets himself caught up. But hey, I, I still... We'll defend him because he's one of the greatest quarterbacks well, of all time. What I appreciate about Stone, Theo, is that Stone is always hardcore Aaron Rodgers. And the one thing Stone's been consistent about, and uh, I think Stone is is less exhausted by the Aaron Rodgers conspiracy theory experience, but Stone recognizes that why? Like, what's the point? Mm. What are you doing? Aaron Rodgers has a good enough personality where he can jump on Pat McAfee without trying to push this weird subreddit propaganda conspiracy theory nonsense that he keeps trying to put out there. And then he's just openly trying to like needle people after that, like yeah. satiate some weird internal desire that he has to make the woke mob mad. Uh, I, I don't, I don't understand it. And he had too much time on his hands. It goes back to Anthony Rendon. Feel the way you want to feel, have the thoughts you want to have. But just have some damn common sense, man. Sometimes a lack of common sense is more frustrating than anything. Yeah, and I think the the Aaron Rodgers corollary in the NBA would be Kyrie Irving. And I think he can be endlessly frustrating because of how damn talented. Totally. You, you talk about how like yeah. somebody's talent can be like compared to no one else that we've ever seen play. Like Aaron Rodgers, the way he plays the quarterback position. Kyrie Irving with the basketball in his hands. They both have that one championship that validates them, that makes them like a first valid Hall of Famer to go along with their talents. But also, they both have left so much on the table. Mm -hmm. And I do wonder, specifically with Aaron Rodgers, how much differently is he in the way that he's perceived by the media and by fans, but also the way that he comes off, if he had more career success? Like, if Aaron Rodgers had a few, couple more Super Bowls in that Green Bay run, if he didn't so happen to, you know, his his timeline parallel with Drew Brees, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, and those guys, those are the kind of guys he had to get through um, on both sides of the, you know, the conference or whatnot. That was his generation where he was trying to fight for Super Bowls. Would we get a different Aaron Rodgers? Or is he seeking for stuff externally outside of football yeah, because he didn't get enough out of football? I don't know. Yeah, it, it's almost like he is uh, an unadjusted child who didn't get enough attention as a kid and now is desperately seeking any sort of attention. Uh, this is he, he doesn't... Aaron Rodgers did not need the boost in coverage or further attention. He's a household name. Yeah. He... Went to the Jets. He was the subject of hard knocks. They were the it team going into the season. Aaron Rodgers didn't have to struggle to keep himself relevant. Could have gone on Pat McAfee still, done his thing. But then to go on Pat McAfee and make the whole thing a fiasco every single week just because he didn't need to do that. Nobody looks at that and says, hell yeah, that was a strong move on Aaron Rodgers' part. Like, why? What's the point of that? Yeah, I'm sitting here thinking about Theo's point, if he would have had more career success. I don't necessarily know if that's the case. I think this took a turn, and as much as people want to talk about how much they don't care about vaccination talk and this and that, I mean, it's politics. People do care. People like talking Everything about Everything is politics. I yeah. want, uh, like... Anything you say these days is political. So it shouldn't be, but it is yeah, yeah, to that sure. point. Sure. It is. And I think that's ultimately where it took a turn. And I don't think he would take anything back. Either you stand for something or you stand alone. Like there's yeah. ways you can look at it, but I don't think he would have. I don't, one, I don't think he regrets it. Two, I don't think he would have taken anything back. But I think that's where how he was perceived took a turn because he dipped into politics, something that athletes typically can't do or at least should try not to do. And I think that's where well, it all went downhill. It did, from it did there. change. It did, it did cha the way he was perceived changed, but I do think that there's a different. Like, let's not forget, Tom Brady had a little toe dip into that that worm a little bit as well when they found the hat in his locker and everything. But all things were forgiven very quickly because he's Tom <laughs> Brady and he wins Super Bowl after Super Bowl, and there's yeah. other things to talk about. 
But for the past five, six years, the only thing we've had to talk about with Aaron Rodgers is either regular season success, the reason the Packers didn't draft a, a receiver but drafted a quarterback to agitate him, and then also all of the goofy stuff he's talking about in these interviews. So here's my theory, and this is... Uh, ironically, conspiracy theory. Oh, wow. Here's my conspiracy theory about Aaron Rodgers. Everything was hunky-dory. Everybody was probably 80-20 positive about Aaron Rodgers up until it turned out that he was only immunized instead of vaccinated. Aaron Rodgers is very sensitive. Aaron Rodgers does not take criticism particularly well. And so when that happened and he became a punchline and he was criticized while also being a punchline, something in him snapped, something in him broke. And he went from defending himself to then becoming this martyr for the anti-vaccination cause because that's the place where he found the support. Yeah. Was it a minority of people? Sure. But was it a vociferous strong minority that he could then dive into and feel safe against the world coming down on him and criticizing him and making fun of him because he is a little bit sensitive? Yes. And that's why he has dove so far deep into that and can't let it go. Does that make sense? It makes sense. But I think the other side of that is maybe he was like this the entire time. Could be because we hear, hear the stories about him talking about chemtrails yeah. and uh, being a 9-11 truther and all that. So maybe he just hit it well. He just hit it well. And then he felt comfortable putting it out into the world. Yeah. 100%. As you could get be. older, could be. you just want to become more and blunt, transparent, all those it. things. That's what happened. Culture changed. Culture changed. Now anybody Culture changed. anybody with a conspiracy theory and a camera can put together a grifter podcast and make money off that or become notable off that. Yeah. And now it's commonplace to yep. be spewing conspiracy theory. And he feels safe putting his crap out there now. That could be too. That's probably more likely. Or it's a combination of both. Or it's a combination of both. I, I still think it just slightly also has to do with the fact that he hasn't found... Like, again, he gets, like you, like you said, he leaned in on that more so because he started to feel warmth and comfort in that and the backing in that. If he had, and I don't even say this is a slight. It sounds like a slight, but I mean it earnestly because I'm trying to think of the guys that do have the career success mm -hmm. and the legacy and the unquestioned more so legacy, like the Bradys and the now Mahomes of the world and the LeBrons of the world. Would he be as leaned in on it? Would we even care as much about that stuff or would we be more so talking about the potential of him winning a third or fourth Super Bowl and chasing Montana and chasing Brady. Instead, the conversation with Rodgers has always, in the past five, six years, only been about the off-the-field stuff. And I have to assume that's partially because the on-the-field stuff has been so underwhelming. Yeah. I, it all contributes to it. I think it all contributes to it. Yeah. Uh, and, and only underwhelming from the point of falling short in the playoffs. Only because his, his bar is now... Yeah. is now of that. Like, he's not considered in the class of the Kirk Cousins of the world or the Brock Purdy's who are looking for their first. Like, he's a guy who is going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer because yeah. of his play, and we want to compare him to the pantheon of legends, the, you know, the Marinos, the Breeze, See, the and this Brady's. is the thing. 20 years ago, he's getting the Marino treatment. Yeah. He's getting the, boy, you can make an argument he's the greatest of all time. But because of sports media, sports talk culture, yeah. where rings has become maybe the biggest standard bearer in the industry, he doesn't get treated the same. Our outlook on Aaron Rodgers legacy-wise 20 years ago would be totally different if he was coming to the end of his career then as opposed to 2024. And that's got to be frustrating, especially for Aaron Rodgers' stand because yeah. you know he's good enough to have more Super Bowl titles than all these guys, totally. but he just doesn't have them. And totally. it makes it... It renders you useless in these conversations when you're trying to actually argue him better than others. Like, it, it must be tough. We are inducting most frustrating athletes into our appropriately named most frustrating athlete Hall of Fame. Is it cumbersome from a, a verbiage standpoint? Absolutely. But that's the name of the Hall of Fame. Don't, don't, don't kill the messenger. Who's your first ballot selection in the most frustrating athlete Hall of Fame? Your first ballot selection. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Social media at KLV1063. Like Ryan, who says Tua. He's like getting a B plus when you got all A's. <laughs> 
Man, that's actually a very biting, stinging it criticism is. of Tua. That's Theo, that's Stone. I'm Ken. It's LaVica Theo and Stone, ESPN 1063. From the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's LaVica Theo and Stone on ESPN 1063. I have a quick question for you guys. I want to keep on our Hall of Fame into Hour 2 just because I think that there's somebody that needs some special attention in this discussion who is an all-time great, but I think in a multitude of ways he's a little bit frustrating. We'll get to that. Kadarius Tony. (laughs) Not not quite (laughs) who I was thinking of. Not quite who I was thinking of. But also we grade stuff because it's Tuesday here on the Vicar Theo and Stone. Also, Baptist Health Orthopedic Care. If you're experiencing foot and ankle pain, need to see an expert in the field. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle joint replacement spine and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash ortho for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash ortho. Did it feel a little extra bitingly cold this morning to you guys? Yeah, outside, yeah. Oh my God, yeah. It's that rain, I think, brought in the cold weather. Yeah, but I, like for whatever reason, like it's been in the 50s in the mornings plenty over the last, what, like three weeks? But this morning felt like cold, cold, like cold, cold. Hey, have you guys flipped on the heat at all? I did once. Oh, Theo. A couple weeks ago. Didn't even get into the 40s at any point in this dude's it wasn't using me. the heat. It wasn't me. It was Ashley. It was Ashley. And all guess right. what we found out? He wasn't working anyway. Yeah. Because because uh, you want to make sure the next time EDS comes out, yes. they're making sure that uh, the heat is The heat is will be on. The heat yep. will be on. Well, what it really was was we switched it over to the heat and didn't put it up high enough so it didn't kick in Oh, yet. that's your problem. So she was waiting and waiting, and I was like, yeah, that's not going to kick it, bud. So I turned it back off. I'm like, we don't need the heat yet. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tough enough. But we tried it. Tough we tried enough. it for a day, and then we was like, we, we went it was back. definitely cold. We leave our sliding glass door open. Yeah. All of our windows yeah. open because our son needs to go outside. It's and, a cat. That's uh, a cat. He doesn't have a son. He has a cat. He's going on two years old here in October. Um, What's his name? Scoochie. And we uh, we, leave, uh, we leave the doors open, so we feel the cold, but it's a sacrifice you make for your children. You know that. Who, who named the cat Scoochie? Um, we try to give them real names. Bear, Kong. Like Those all aren't these real names, names either. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, they are. Bear? They're, Bear and Kong? Yeah, we, well, we, get, we went through a bunch, but Scoochie's what we called him. Like, come here, Scooch. Come here, Scoochie. So then, then it just stuck. It's stuck. Okay. Um, when it's cold <laughs> like that, because Stone, like you, we leave windows up, uh, doors cracked, whatever. Um, but it gets cold. Like Florida homes don't have insulation, so it's going to be inherently cold anyways. Yeah. I hate the morning showers when it's cold like mm. this. Here's my question. Because I have started just bringing my clothes into the bathroom and I'll, I'll, I'll get dressed in the bathroom because it is so uncomfortably cold getting out of the shower. I don't want to walk uh, through my bedroom to the dresser to get stuff out of there, walk to the closet. Um, I've, got, I've got one of those situations where my closet's in an entirely different room yeah. than my actual bedroom. Uh, I'm in that situation. Uh, I will bring, at the very least, boxers or my boxer briefs, whatever I'm wearing that day. It's a mood. It's a vibe. Uh, and then at least something to put on shirt-wise. How do you guys handle that? Do you just suck it up and you walk out into the cold, into the elements when you get out of the shower to get dressed in the morning with this cold weather? Or are you bringing clothes into or robe into said bathroom? I'm, I'm a draws on the toilet seat type of guy. Always, regardless I, I of? Put, yeah, regardless uh, of weather. My, if my kids aren't home and it's just my yeah. wife, I'm... I'm hanging out there for everybody to see. I get cold quick though, like, and I don't like when I I don't, I don't like being cold. So yeah, I have the I keep the drawers on the toilet seat right there. Hop okay. in the shower, get busy. So that's enough for you though. Is just just your drawers putting I, on. And into I keep the, the towel on. Oh, you got the I towel get on. To like a shirt or keep my get my body temperature up high enough to where it. I'm able to get yeah. fully clothed. But I hate being cold. Like being cold, especially after you were just wet. Oh, it's awful. You get sick, man. But yeah, I, I legit tough. will walk out of the bathroom. Like almost fully dressed for the day then because yeah. I'm bringing I, I'm so cold and miserable that I'm getting dressed in the bathroom. Yeah, for me I can't 
share any of those with you guys because I don't wear drawers. Oh, um, not a so, drawers guy. Yeah, I forgot so, about that. Save money yeah. that way. <laughs> Do you? So it's tough for me, and I think if you here's the one bad thing about keeping your clothes in the bathroom with you. By the time you leave your bathroom, you're putting on clothes and you're still moist. Like you're not completely dry. I think that's gross for somebody like you, Ken. So for me, I, I air it I'm out. I'm clean. I, what do you think? I'm gonna mold under there? <laughs> you got from under. I, I think for, you're the one who doesn't wear underwear. Don't tell me yeah. about it from under. Yeah, I'm not wearing any right now. Um, <laughs> we did need that information. Thank but, you. But for me, no, you already told us. Though, I but, know, but, but for, that's how he lives. That's his lifestyle. For me, yeah, free balling. I like to be completely dry before I put on any articles of clothing, and I also think it's like a, a cold bath theory mentally. Like once you can embrace the cold, like you're ready for the day. So I, I, I stick it out. Like I think I'm built different than you guys. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry I asked. You'll get pneumonia messing around trying to be built different. Mm-hmm. Built different. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be hoping they built your the bed, that hospital bed different out there, coughing up mucus because you over here, out here in the What elements. were you doing that led to your pneumonia? Oh, you know, yeah. I'm just built different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm built different. I I, I don't wear underwear. I free ball. Put some drawers yeah. on, sir, please. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Public hospital. Uh-huh. That's always tough. I mean, yeah, I, if he was hospitalized, yeah. I bet they would make him put on no. drawers yeah. uh, underneath his hospital he's, gown. They don't. He's I've, right. I've, I've been put under once or twice, surgery-wise, and no, you're just free balling under the gown. And boy, my body's used to it. Like we've been here, done that. Well, what about jeans when it's time to zip things? Oh, you don't no. feel uncomfortable with yeah, that? Yeah, listen, I saw Kanye West getting made fun of earlier this week because he was free balling with jeans and he was catching some flack. So I was just trying to hang out in the shadows. Like, oh man, couldn't be me. Like, forget be, the fact that it's uncomfortable. The zipper, the metal the zipper, right. right there. There is a mental hang up that comes with zipping jeans uh-uh. or pants listen, with no safe. protection between safe, the package and the pants. Yeah. Listen, don't knock it till you try it, okay? Because it's this myth that. Oh, yeah, I'd love to get my zipper caught in my yeah. package. Listen, right. Listen. Or my package caught in my zipper. Sorry. <laughs> Either listen. way. Either way, no. it's not good. It, it, yeah. It's not an actual thing. It doesn't get caught. It's this myth I think people have, like, I don't know, made up because they don't experience free balling and they're not like veterans. But also, like. I'm telling you, man, it's not a myth. The only I, problem is when you friction. bend over. I'm afraid of any kind of friction between that, that metal zipper. Yeah. Or even the jeans and, you know what I'm saying, right. my situation. Yeah, there's there's the chafing component if you successfully zip yes. without getting the package caught, but then the package getting caught, and that's a whole different uh, whole different level of problems that now, you're this having. This will be the last thing that I say on it. Um, when it comes to free balling and jeans, <laughs> there comes a point where you have to make a decision, and you have to pick a side. Left or right oh, side. Stop. All right, so stop it. doesn't it. sit in the stop middle it. on the zipper. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You guys asked about the friction. There is no friction because it's not centered. Oh, God. I'm really sorry I asked now. That's Stone. That's Theo. I'm Ken. Levick at Theo and Stoney, ESPN 106.3.